Welcome back to Under Pressure, your favorite business builder podcast for the pressure washing community. Today, I'm very, very excited to have Dirk Van Rienen, uh, the CEO and founder of Bergflow, join us. Dirk is an award-winning entrepreneur, international consultant, trainer, and owner of multiple su successful businesses. Dirk has spent over 10 years studying with sex set successful businesses uh, apart from the rest. So Dirk, um, thank you for joining us today. We're very excited to have you. Yeah, Jake, thank you so much for uh, having me on the podcast. I'm excited for the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, as a business owner himself, himself, Dirk has learned the hard way that more work, hard work is not the answer. And now you're on a mission to help people just like you who are working harder than they should be. Dirk has created a full proof, foolproof model that service-based company owners could follow to drive rapid growth and build wealth, um, a business where everyone wins. So that's what Dirk is here to talk about today. He um, gave a great speech at the PWNA slash IWCA event in Orlando, Florida. So um, we're going to touch a little bit on what Dirk said in that speech there uh, to the pressure washers and window cleaners that that may have met the, met him there. And then we're going to talk a little bit about um, Pivot Point if you want to hear a little bit more about Dirk and what he can offer for your business. So Dirk, let's just get into a little bit about your background. For anyone who doesn't know you, um, what's the what's what's the best way to introduce you and, and how you've gotten into this home service industry? Yeah, I started the the company Bergflow in 2017, and uh, really, uh, I've always had a love for small uh, small businesses and medium sized businesses. And uh, in my in my 20s, um, I uh, I acquired a company and also started a few uh, few companies, and then. Into my 30s, I started going more into corporate type business and running larger organizations. But by the end of 2016, I really wanted to get back to the small business um, side of things and, and really just share a lot of the things that I had learned on my journey of, of how to build companies. And, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm an immigrant from South Africa. And uh, from 14 years old, I started working uh, manual labor. Uh, on ranches outside of uh, a place called Kroll, Texas. So, you know, um, for for many years I did uh, manual labor. I was really just a, a ranch hand. And then I started kind of getting into small business and then big business. But I, I can relate to, you know, where so many business owners are when uh, when they start something that they're excited about and they're passionate about. And they they want to build that business. They want it to be successful yet they may not be ready for you know all the challenges that come along the way and mm -hmm. you know when you when you have a business you're you're constantly facing challenges um i don't think there's there's a, a day or a week that goes by that we don't have something that we're dealing with on on some level and, and business owners relate to that so you know i've been in that place where i was trapped by my business and i was hardly you know ever around um for about five or six years, you know, from about 2008 to about 2012, just trying to do everything I could to uh, keep keep things moving forward because I did have a business that failed in 2008, you know, and mm -hmm. so it put us in a really hard spot. And I remember it was one of these things that it just got to the point where uh, I started feeling hopeless because I didn't know, man, I'm working as hard as I can, I'm trying to do everything right, uh, but I'm I just keep failing. And and I remember that feeling, and and then just experiencing what comes you know when you learn how to actually break through that uh, it's just been life-changing for us and now you know we uh, we love working with companies to to share what we've learned about really that journey from going from a, from being a technician to a CEO in in a company and you know in the in the last five years now we've uh, you know ongoingly we work with about 300 companies a, a lot of those are in the home inspection space but we uh, we have clients anything from solar development to technology companies, manufacturing, um, other home home service uh, type companies, and you know recently, um, really in the last uh, four or five months, I mean we've become very interested in uh, the power washing and, and and window window cleaning space, um, and you know we've gone to a couple of conferences now, and same thing. I mean we just see such great potential, you know, for business owners in in the space, um, and really that's where. Uh, the the home inspection industry five years ago when we went to that industry it was it was in, in a very similar spot and you know now we we work with uh, with the the highest majority of the the largest and fastest growing companies in that industry 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where we met you guys is, is through yeah. that industry. And a little bit about that, I just want to put a, put out there into this podcast world that I've seen this. Uh, a lot of people will come on and, and they can talk about what they can do for your business, but I have seen what Dirk can do for businesses um, and in the success that uh, he can help them create. So one thing he had just talked about is the transition in the service business of going from technician to CEO and hitting ceilings along the way in growth that force you to either make the necessary changes to break through or you get stuck. So I have seen that Dirk has a hands-on knowledge of this. He's seen the businesses um, that are able to break through that ceiling. He's helped them get there. So that's what I want to talk a little bit about now is um, what are some of the pillars of that? Uh, I know in your speech in Orlando, you talked a lot about company structure. And that's where I, that's where I remember getting a lot of notes from actually from that mm -hmm. speech. So I'm wondering, what do you think are some of the pillars there that that you need to really have set up correctly as a foundation to break through that ceiling? Yeah, and it's it's you know, Jake, it's interesting that you talk about that um, because when you when you start thinking it in terms of uh, ceilings or you know ceilings of achievement is kind of what we call them. It it really just is uh, another level of something that you need to get better at, uh, learn a new skill, to think differently, hire somebody. Um, but when you really start thinking about business as, as hey, I just got to get through these levels. Mm -hmm. And the more that you understand each level, the easier it gets. It's the same reason that, you know, if somebody builds a $10 million business, they can, you know, it may have taken them 20 years to build a $10 million business, but they can sell that business and they can build another $10 million business in four years or five years, right? Because they understand what was involved in getting to those higher levels and they think at a different level. Mm -hmm. So really, that's what uh, I think a big part of what we bring to to the equation here is just to help business owners understand that there's rhyme and reason and logic to how you build businesses. And because sometimes it feels like it's not right when you're in the mess of it and when you're in the middle of the chaos, sometimes it just feels like you're just in this place that there's no rhyme or reason to anything. You're just trying to survive and move things forward and you know, keep the jobs going and keep keep your, your people employed and, you know, satisfy your customers and, you know, you're staying up late, working a lot of hours. So uh, it's either that or your business kind of gets to a point where it just starts kind of cruising, right? Meaning that it's it's kind yeah. of doing well and you can get more time freedom back, but there's, a, there's again, a ceiling on growth. Like, how do you take it to the next level then? You know, and, and a lot of people tend to kind of build businesses to a point where they just want to kind of maintain what they have and not lose anything, but they can't, they're not really interested in growing because they're not sure how. So um, the first thing to understand is that there's, there's a lot of rhyme and reason to how you build businesses. And, you know, for us, some of those foundations um, really just starts with the core thing for a business owner to say, what are you building? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're going to work every day and you're building a business, what are you building? Like, what does that actually look like? What is what is your vision around that? And I think people sometimes get confused with this word vision and they think it's supposed to be something kind of special or something grand or something that only some people are gifted with. And I mean, we tell people, look, vision is just imagination. What's in your head right now about what you want to build and why is it important to you? If, yeah. if at the core you can start off with that and get really clear about that, then then it alleviates a lot of stress along the way. Now, obviously, you know we're in the we're we're in the business of helping businesses grow, you know, and and that's that's what we do. So, um, one thing that's important to us is that we really work with companies that are growth minded, meaning yeah. that you know if a company comes to us and they say, hey, Dirk. You know, we've been growing at, uh, you know, 20% year over year and we want to continue to grow at 20% year over year, then I would say you don't need us. Like you, you've you already figured out how to do that. But usually com companies come to us when they want to aggressively grow. Hey, we want to grow 400% in the next two years. Okay, let's talk about what that looks like and what needs to happen. And when a company wants to start growing aggressively, like one thing that they have to have is structure. And this is something that you, you brought up and you said you took a lot of notes about because what we found is if 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 it's at the core, if the company doesn't have the right structure, it's going to be very challenging mm -hmm. to scale that company, and it's going to get very messy very quickly. So, uh, we're really a big fan of a a very very simple model that we that we developed uh, about five years ago, and it's called the SOG model, S O G, and it stands for Services, Operations, and Growth. 
So the way that we think about a company, and really even a, a small company today, like if, if somebody listening that, you know, you're a one-person company, it's just you, or maybe you got two or three people, the same structure still applies. It just means that, you know, you're probably wearing more hats, right? But mm -hmm. think of um, think of a, a, a circle, and the top circle is a CEO, and then there's just three lines that come off of that circle, and uh, each of those lines are connected to a circle, and the one's called services, the one's called operations, and the one's called growth. And really, those are the three core uh, divisions of a service-based company. And we meet companies all the time that have like, oh, we've got six or seven divisions and they've got like 10 people, you know, and it's just like, no, that doesn't work. Keep it as simple as possible. Services is everything related to you providing a service and exchanging value for dollars, right? That's what you do for your clients, your customers, and then they pay you for doing that. Operations is everything that has to do with running the business. That's your your financial, it's your HR, it's building systems and processes. It may be scheduling, um, you know, ordering supplies, ordering uh, products, like whatever it is, it's it's everything to do with running the business and the day-to-day -day of the business. And then the other division is growth, and that has to do with are we going out and getting more qualified leads and converting those leads into clients or customers? So... Some companies, you know, because um, I mean, we actually spoke to some companies in um, in Orlando at the PWNA convention, and they said, "Hey, we don't even have like nobody does growth at our company because we're we're growing so fast right now that actually our number one problem is we can't hire technicians fast enough." So that's good because one of your divisions has kind of a natural solve in it, meaning that there's enough demand in the marketplace. Or you're you're doing something obviously right mm -hmm. that's driving that. But just understand, um, we've been in an incredible boom market now for uh, 12 years. You know, this is this has been one of the most prosperous times in in history to build businesses. So, you know, the the thing to start thinking about is like, hey, if the market shifts and that demand all of a sudden your phone's not just ringing, do you have a strategy to start making the phone ring? Do you have a yeah. strategy to start acquiring customers and clients and what does that look like? Because it's going to be important. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't just bank on on riding the market forever. Uh, and again, it, it depends on a lot of things, right? We'd say markets are hyper-local, so every city is, is different, seasonality, weather. I mean, there's a lot of things that play into it. But um, at the core, there's been a really big demand for home-based services for um, you know for the last five six years, and especially during COVID, they just skyrocketed. So uh, there's a lot of companies that they're saying the same thing. It's like, look, we we have a, tons of potential in front of us. We just can't hire people fast enough. So when it comes to um, growing the company, you've got the services, operation, and growth. Those three divisions, and the goal for for a business owner is I have to hire the right three people into those positions. Mm -hmm. That is the number one job for you as uh, as an owner of a company is not to do work in one of those positions. It's to hire somebody to to run those those positions. And obviously, you know, if somebody's listening and they're like, well, you know, we're we're doing two hundred thousand dollars a year right now. We're a tiny company. We're just getting started. Yeah, maybe you you don't have what uh, the the income right now, right? It doesn't match your economic model to go hire that person, but you have to be aware that that has to be one of your biggest focuses. And what kills uh, companies and what really puts the 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 stop to growth for companies is when the owner gets stuck doing all three of those roles too much, mm -hmm. where they're out in the field during the day and they're doing field work and then. You know, after they get get home for the day, and it's kind of like put the kids to bed, and then they're working until two or three o'clock in the morning trying to do operational work, and then they're waking up the next morning, and it's you know they're maybe focusing on a little bit of growth, talking to some prospects, or going by and bidding a job or something like that, and then they're back right back in the field. And one thing that we've seen is um, companies that we work with, because we we work with a, a variety of size companies. We've we've got companies that we work with in a group fashion that are smaller companies, one person, two person, five person type companies. And then we've got companies that we work with uh, on a deep level one-on-one that may have 80 or 100 or 150 people. But one thing that we, we look at from all the companies that we've worked with is the companies that really exploded in growth, 
When do you think that that initial explosion and growth happened for a service-based company? Once they started working on leadership development. Yeah, once once like for for us the key thing is once the owner got out of the field. Mm-hmm. Once the once the owner's not in the field doing the work anymore, the companies immediately had a big boost in growth over the next two or three years. Why? Because the owners started focusing more on operations and growth at that point, and they they had somebody that was competent enough to run the servicing of of the the company. And because of that, you can start focusing on other things, right? Like you said, leadership development, hiring the right people. But that's kind of the game. And what we've what we've really discovered is that um, there's even a specific way in which person you hire first, because most companies start off with, an owner starts off, they do something, right? So, you know, if it's power washing, they see an opportunity to make some money. Maybe it even starts off as a side gig or something like that. They go buy their first, uh, you know, set of equipment. They're going out and they're getting some work. They're now they're getting paid, but all of a sudden they start running out of time. So what do they do? They got they got to hire somebody, you know, and then they hire somebody and they're 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 still kind of doing work in the field. They hire somebody else, and what happens is operations kind of gets put on the back burner. And one thing that we recommend is that when you are in a business, the first thing that you got to do is hire a strong operator to run all the operations for you. Even if you as an owner are still in the field, hire that operations person. It's immediately going to open up your, your company in a big way. And as you're, as you're doing that, um, then the next job is, okay, I've got to replace myself in the field. Mm-hmm. So while you're in the field, hire that operator. Now you're in the field, replace yourself in the field. And now as an owner, you can focus on, on the growth side of it developing relationships and then eventually you you hire somebody to do that for you but if if you can understand like that's the game then it makes everything easier because that's where the daylight starts coming in and then the other thing is you pour into your people you teach them how to um, start understanding about hiring and training and leading because then those three people are going out now starting to hire their own teams you know theoretically if you did this really well i mean you could you could build a business only hiring three or four people, and th- then they are doing all the rest of the hiring. But most people don't have a really high batting average when it comes to hiring. So, you know, they may have to hire six or eight or ten people to find the first three that really stick. You know, and that are going to be the right leaders. You know, but that's yeah. that's the first thing when it comes to structure is understanding what that looks like. And then the other thing is once you have a structure, you need a a, a good economic model to tell you how are we mm-hmm. going to spend our, our money and our resources in each one of these three divisions, and then what's going to be the leftover profitability. Because a lot of business owners, uh, small business owners, they, they, don't, they don't look at their financials often enough. They, they still try to do their own financials. They're doing their own bookkeeping. They're doing their own payroll, all that kind of stuff. And one thing that we say is like, get your bookkeeping out of your company ASAP. Yeah. You should not touch your own books. Hire somebody else that's a really good bookkeeper. You can usually find a, a really great bookkeeper for maybe somewhere around $250 to $400 dollars depending on how big your company is per month. And I promise you that it's going to be some of the best money you've ever spent as a business owner is not to touch your books. Um, get payroll off of off of you know out of your company as well. Now, some of you may have more complex payment type structures where uh, I would say simplify as much as possible and then still find somebody else to do it because those are the yeah. kind of stuff that either it's it's taking you forever to do, you're probably still doing it wrong and or you're not doing it. And then you're, you you know, it's kind of like every like nine months when you want to go buy something and your banker says like, hey, what does your financials look like? You're like, crap, I better go home and go do financial work for the next four hours to give something to my banker. And the reason that you want to have clean financials is because your financial statements will actually give you valuable information about your business and how you can make decisions about your business to grow, to be more profitable, and like to cut out waste. So um, it, get get the financial and the economic model worked out. And then really one of the big next things is that you got to learn how to, how to find and hire the right people. Mm-hmm. So when you have that structure now, you got to really understand what's the right profile for this job Who's the person that I'm looking for that can really do this job at a high level, that would enjoy it, that would be engaged in it, and that they it can offer an opportunity for them to learn and grow and develop. Yeah. So that's kind of just kind of some of the quick foundational things that we really want to focus on with companies 
because we find out that you know those are the things that if you if you don't have those things right, I don't care how good you are at the technical work, you're just not going to succeed. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are technicians in different different uh, industries, and you know they are they know everything about everything about the technical aspect of doing the work, right? They are true experts, but they place too much value on that. They think that's yeah. going to build a business. And I can tell you like so many names of people that are just the most incredible technicians and yet they can never take their family on vacation, right? They, they don't have money to, they're not investing, they're not building wealth, they're not building businesses, they're working all the time, but they're just absolutely so proud of being like great technicians. And you have to switch the mindset when you when you want to build a business from being a technician mindset you know run business to a really kind of a ceo mindset in running a business so yeah. i'll pause there for a second and, and i don't know if you want to dive into to anything further that we just spoke about yeah so a couple of analogs i want to bring in here one is that i love how you said game like you have to game it right so this is kind of like if you gamify this if you have a checklist of what to do it's kind mm -hmm. of like playing a video game sight unseen versus playing it with a guide, uh, mm -hmm. with a PC magazine guide or something like that. You know where all the checkpoints are, you know where to go and how to get there. And that's like a cheat code for growth. And this is a model that um, that Dirk teaches to his clients and in mastermind groups. And and it's it really helps you get the perspective you need to, to think differently, as you said here. And then I also want to bring in something you just said, which is kind of about outsourcing here. Um, you you outsource all legal, legal matters to a lawyer and um, accounting matters to an accountant. So growth matters here. You're not a growth specialist. Why wouldn't you find a community or um, a, or a company here that, that can help you grow? You're, you're not the specialist in that. So why not find someone who is a specialist in that in your industry? What would you say to that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're we're really big fans of uh, relying on other people's uh, specialties. I mean, um, I've got uh, multiple coaches that I work with personally. I've got multiple mentors that I get advice from. I'm in several different, you know, mastermind type groups because I always want to expose myself to the highest level of thinking, and mm -hmm. the highest level of um, you know understanding, accountability. I mean, growth, whatever it, it could be. Because I understand, look. If, if I'm not personally growing as, as a human being, if I'm not growing as a leader, then I fail to help my team grow. I fail to help my, my companies grow. I fail to lead my family at the highest level. So for us, it's just a very natural thing. And, um, you know, we, we really also enjoy creating the kind of environments and also the kind of communities to bring people together to where there is a place to learn, to grow, to, um, you know, experience you know, just bigger thinking at different levels to share information, um, to get clear about what's important to you. And and one thing that we do, and I think we do this really well, is when, when we create these kind of communities, um, you know, it's really about authentic connection. And it's about uh, trust. It's about caring for people. You know, culture is a, is a really, really big part of, of the way that we do uh, what we do in business because we believe that if you bring people together and you create a culture where people can actually support each other and help each other and care for each other, the, the outcome is exponential. You know, we've seen so many examples of, you know, different, you know, communities or even like Facebook communities where, you know, somebody in the industry will just ask a question and then people in the industry will just berate that person and just go, you know, just down, like, you idiot, you how could you even ask, you know, and it's just like, that kind of stuff does not exist in our world. Like, it's actually one of our rules that if you're in one of our, our communities and somebody asks a question and you kind of berate them for it, you're out. You know, yeah. it is, you know, it's it support people, learn how you can help them. And I think that it's, it's one of those things that if you're not involved in some sort of community like that, I think that you're, you're kind of playing the lone wolf game. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous uh, to be a lone wolf when you don't know what exactly is happening in the, in the bigger uh, kind of industry with the economy, with different kinds of things, because it's, it's like you're, you're gambling. You don't know, you know, you're not tuning into making the right decisions at the right time. And yeah. that's the other thing is like, man, there's, there's a lot of people that do everything right, but they made the wrong decision, you know, at the, at the 
wrong time or they made the right decision at the wrong time or whatever the case may be. But I think the more connected you can be and openly and authentically talk about what's working, what's not working, where you're struggling, where you need help. And then when you are a bigger part of, of really helping other people, um, I think it just changes the game because, yeah. again, it's it's not about uh, you're you're lonely out there. You're you know you're not plugged in. A lot of a lot of business owners, especially as they start building businesses more long term and become more successful, they tend to get isolated. We see this all the time. Yeah. So uh, being able to plug into people that understand kind of what you're going through, the struggles you're going through, the stress that you're you're going through, and then. You know, also people that can celebrate your wins at the highest level, I think is is absolutely invaluable for, for absolutely. people. One thing I want to mention there is that, um, you know, at, we, we've said this on this podcast before, and I know you believe in this, that a rising tide raises all ships, right? You mm-hmm. can increase the standards of everyone, everyone's business and everyone can help everyone. But there's yeah. something I just heard on a, on a recent Joe Rogan podcast with the most successful YouTuber in the world, Mr. Beast. And for anyone who isn't aware of Joe Rogan or Mr. Beast, these are guys who are successful, highly successful um, online and in their respective fields. And it's because they've ingrained themselves in these communities and they they use their colleagues to learn, whether it's comedy or whether it's YouTube. Um, and one of the biggest golden nuggets I pulled from that podcast was the power in the community iterating together. So mm-hmm. if you have, just for easy numbers here, if you have four people that you're in constant contact with, even if they're your competitors in your market, um, you can go through trial and error. You can see what works and what doesn't work. And you then speed up that process by a multiple of four. So you're spending 25% of the time that it would have taken you to figure all that out by doing it together. Yeah, that's uh, that's really that's really powerful. And, you know, one thing that we've also done, um, you know, in, in communities that we've built is, you know, sometimes people are, are saying like, hey, if we sign up with you guys, you know, are, are you going to, can I be the only one in this market? And we're like, no, you can't. And then somebody else signs up and, you know, we've actually had companies come to us and say, look, um, somebody else signed up in my town and we, you know, they did this and they did this and, and we're just like, hey, I think that you should take them out for a beer or, you know, take them out for coffee or lunch or something like that and get to know them. And we we literally have companies that they were like, you know, wanting to grab each other by the throats and choke each other out. And today yeah. they're friends and they're hanging out and they're spending time together on a monthly basis. They're sharing and doing exactly what you said, you know, just uh, just learning together, growing together. And and we just think like that's such a cool thing, you know. Why why would you compete with somebody when you can actually collaborate with them and achieve? Both people can achieve at the higher level. And I mean, that really comes down to to truly having a, an abundance mindset because the mm-hmm. you know the the scarcity mindset says that it's a net zero game that if you win, I have to lose. You know, and, yeah. and the truth is that if you look at the marketplace. Uh, the reason that, you know, if you're listening, if you're not happy with where your company's growth is right now is it's got nothing to do with your market. It's got everything to do with your ability to execute. And that's where once you realize that, then you're like, okay, well, if that's true, if I can accept that, then what do I need to be able to do to execute at a higher level? And then then the game starts of, okay, now let's look at, at you know, the foundations that need to be implemented for you to build a really fantastic business. Absolutely. So we're going to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor, Pair Payments, and we'll be right back. You certainly can't afford to give profit away for no reason. But what if I told you credit card processors may be overcharging you and robbing you of profits you've worked hard to earn? It's time to put an end to being overcharged for payment processing. It's time to take back your profits. That's why we've put together a free report, How to Avoid Being Overcharged by Your Payment Processor. Head over to TakeBackYourProfits.com, download the report, and put an end to being overcharged for credit card processing. You've worked hard for your sales, and you deserve to keep it. What are you waiting for? Go to TakeBackYourProfits.com and download your report today. All right. Welcome back. As I had said before, I'm very excited to have you here today, Dirk. This has been a great podcast so far. So I'm happy to get back into it. So you had just been talking about the struggles of hiring and finding the right people. Um, so what do you think about that? What's the best way to, to get into that? Yeah, I mean, this is, for me, this is probably the single most important thing in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I can't think of anything else being more important than 
you as a business owner being able to find and hire the right people. So this is, you know, this is really kind of the, the specialty work that we do in, in Berkflow. And for me, this has made, again, just the, the single biggest difference in, in my success in business is who I'm in business with. Not exactly what I've done or what I know or anything like that, but, you know, I've, there's been times in my life where I've worked extremely hard, you know, long mm -hmm. hours, um, many days on end without a day off. And yet nothing seems to be moving forward. And then, you know, in, in more recent years, um, you know, I've really been able to experience like, what is it like when you're still working hard and maybe working long hours, but there is so much momentum that is just moving forward in so many ways. And, 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 and that's kind of the X factor is on, on one hand, you're either doing it by yourself or you have the wrong people around you. Or on the other hand, you've really built a great team of people around you that are helping you to build the business and take things to the next level. And, you know, I think like the challenge here is that most business owners have never been trained on how to hire people. Mm -hmm. So when you think about how they hire people, like where did they learn? If, if, if nobody has ever really taught them uh, the right way or a different way or a system around it, where did they learn it? From prior experience, did you get a, did, did, yeah. Did you did you just go out and do it? Did you did you hire somebody based on the way that you were hired before? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, there's business owners like literally like they've never worked a day in their life for anybody else. Like they they've been you know, their their own boss since since they started out. So it's it's something that's kind of interesting because um, you know think about uh, the technical side of the business again. Right. When when you go to a conference, how many how many people are there that are that are selling equipment or educating you on equipment or product or tools or software or whatever the case may be, right? That kind of stuff's rampant. How many yeah. people are out there saying like, hey, we're gonna teach you how to really hire people correctly? It's like there's there's industries that like nobody is is even doing that, right? So I think yeah. it's it's one of these things that it's it's important to understand. Uh, just like anything else, there is a really a proven process for how to find and hire really great people. And um, you know, for us in in our system, it's called the the pev, uh, pivot ready teams, mm -hmm. and it's really a turnkey system to help business owners understand. Okay, who do I need to hire? And when somebody says, okay, well, I need to hire you know, a, a new service manager, or I need to hire a new operations person, or I need to hire some new technicians, like, where do I find them? You know, the, the first question for me always comes down to is like, well, who are you looking for? Yeah. Because if you know who you're looking for, you'll know where to find them. Right. So it's one of these things that, uh, well, how do I know who I'm looking for? Okay, well, who are you as a company? What is your mission? What is your vision? What are your values? What's your culture? What's your structure? Yeah. What's the right position profile? And it's it's like sometimes people just want to hire more people to kind of get more done, except they're not willing to do the foundational work of finding the right people. And they're like, oh, it takes too much time. Like I, we're so busy right now, we don't have time to look for the right people or we don't have time to do this kind of work. And then what happens is you find those people habitually two, three, four, five years down the road still being in the exact same position. We're so busy right now, we can't do any of that work. And that's really the, the tough thing is that when, when you're in the chaos of, of doing business, like you got to realize what's important and what's urgent. Yeah. You know, and that's something that we take straight from 4DX, right? The four disciplines of execution to say, look, there are things that seem like they're, they're very uh, important, but they're not important. They're urgent. Like something's on fire right now. You're putting out fires. You're dealing with a situation. You just got to run over here. I just got to go drop this off. I got to go get supplies. I got to, you know, and, and it feels like it's so like important, but it's not. It's urgent. Urgent things are always loud. They're screaming at you and they just keep you preoccupied. By the way, they, they tend to feed energy too. Like when you're dealing with something that's urgent, you kind of have this kick in energy of like, oh, well, I'll just go do this thing. Where important work is way more boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's boring. It's it's there's nothing really sexy about it. Like a lot of times, it requires you to sit down and 
focus and concentrate for longer periods of time where most people may not be wired that way. They may not be wanting to do that. Their, their minds may not be trained to do that kind of work. But the thing about it is you, if you want to build a great business, you have to spend time doing the important work. And the important work is getting the right structure, the right foundation, the right profiles, the right people. And when you can, when you can really look at getting clear on who you are as a company and what the real opportunity is that you're going after, and you can understand what the structure looks like now and maybe what your org chart needs to look like in three years, and then you can start understanding what kind of people are going to be most successful on these positions in this org chart. Now yeah. it's, okay, I've got enough data where I can go find the right people. And even, I'm not just talking to the first person that comes to me because, you know, like there's companies that say, um, man, we just can't find people right now. It's so hard, right? You've, you've probably heard that a lot, Jake. Yeah. And oh, yeah. yet we've got companies that are onboarding 25 people, technicians every 60 days. That they've got people that are constantly applying to their companies. Now, what do you think they would say when, it, when, when you ask them, hey, is it hard to go find good people? You're not they looking in the no, right place? Because we've, we've built a system. They've built a system around it, yeah. right? And, yeah. and that's the thing is, look, if your mindset is that it's hard to find good people, then guess what? It's going to be hard to find good people. Now, I'm not saying this, it's, there's not a challenge there. And I'm not saying that the market's not tighter than it has been before. But you have to understand, like, think of this, that even in downtimes, in economic downtimes, most people lose money, but the wealthy make more money because mm -hmm. they understand how to play the game. Same thing. Right now, we're using this as a massive competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. When all your competitors are out there saying it's hard to find people, if you can solve for that issue, you are going to dominate your competition in business today. So, it's, again, it's about understanding like what's most important for you to focus on. But yeah. the, the, the sad thing is that most business owners look at their people like kind of second or third or fourth or fifth, right? It's always about, oh, well, it's, it's about the technology. It's about the tools, it's the equipment, it's the product, it's, you know, it's the client, it's all that kind of stuff. And like the people come secondary and we're just like, no, that's not right. When you build yeah. a business, your people come first. The people that are, that are in your company come first, you know, and, and you have to be concerned with helping them win with, with, you know, moving them forward and that doesn't mean that it's easy it's a learning process you know there's no such thing as a natural born leader in our world we say that leaders are forged you learn yeah. how to be a leader you take the punches you you make mistakes you you know you learn you study you talk to people you get coached you know and as that process unfolds then you're going to be more concerned with finding the right people and when you find the right people you're going to be more concerned with helping them win and the truth is that the more people that are winning inside of your organization, the faster your company is going to grow, period. Absolutely. And aside from the, the growth potential as well, I just want to highlight the costs of, of not spending this time up front to hire correctly and to learn how to hire. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you, you probably have a lot of experience with this. I know you do, actually, with mm -hmm. um, the time and financial cost to hiring the wrong people whether it's turnover and training costs just do you have any do you have any experience or, or examples of of how detrimental that could be to your business and not investing that time up front to learn how to do it and then now you're spending all this money because of turnover and you have to hire more and more people and and you're missing out on that growth in the first place so there's that that lost cost there yeah i mean most people just don't understand uh, how much it costs when you're hiring the the, the wrong people like how yeah. much does a bad hire really cost you and you know we've we've asked a lot of companies you know what what have been some of the costs and we you know take them through some exercises sometimes and really what we've what we found and and, and this actually backs up to uh, a lot broader research is that even on the boots to the ground level, a bad hire is going to cost you about three times what you your hard costs were. Meaning mm -hmm. that what was the salary? What was the and, and this, again like let's say you pay somebody you know four thousand dollars a month and they work for you for five months, then you could easily say, well, they cost me twenty thousand dollars, right? Well, is that true? What about your time in interviewing them? hiring them, training them? What about your other team members' time? 
What about the taxes that you had to pay? What about their use of equipment and facilities and 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 and? So mm-hmm. that twenty twenty thousand dollar hire may have now you know they again four it's only four thousand a month but it's been five months. That twenty thousand dollar hire you know may have now cost you you know thirty five thousand. And the the research shows us that really the total cost is going to be about three to four x that. So mm-hmm. now you're in a situation that this person actually cost you 120 to 150 thousand dollars for making a four thousand dollar hire, you know, a month hire, and keeping that hire for five months. But companies don't tend to think in terms like that, right? At an executive level, it's going to be somewhere between 10 and 15 x what the hard wow. cost was. So now you're looking at, hey, I hired somebody for you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month, whatever the case may be, you know, they stay for uh, six months. You know, that may be uh, sixty thousand or maybe forty thousand. I mean, now you add up all the other hard costs that you didn't consider before. Now maybe eighty thousand, and now you're looking at okay, if this was an executive level hire, let's say made, they made some bad hires, or they cost somebody else to leave, or they cost you an account, or Whatever the case may be, I mean, this could have cost your business five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand. So it's one of these things, and, and some of these numbers for for people listening may sound like astronomical, but when you really start dialing in, what did it cost you? Because one one thing that we use is we use a term called carry forward momentum. And carry forward momentum says if I would have made the right hire then, and I'm not having to rehire that hire now, and I was actually hiring the next hire, where would I be? You know, we, we've got a client that we work with, and they said that they hired they hired 17 technicians to make the first one that ever really stuck at long-term. Wow. Wow. You know, and, and a lot of the companies that we work with, you know, they say, oh my gosh, man, like, I wish I would have had this when it, mm-hmm. I just started my company. I was I had three techs, I had five techs, whatever it is. Cause I mean some of these companies we're working with now, I mean, we've got companies that we've been working with for four years that they've literally gone from, you know, three, four people when we started, and you know, they've got eighty people now. Wow. The one company that they had eight people and now they're at about hundred and thirty people in, in three years. So it's one of these things that when you get the right foundations in place, it can happen really fast. But you have to start thinking differently. You have to start thinking about, okay, if this, you know, how do I make sure? How do I, how do I give myself the best chance of hiring the right person? How do I make sure that I, that I put them in a position where they're going to be fulfilled and they're going to be successful in their approach of how they're learning and growing and moving things forward? And it's, it's not just about, like, getting out and getting that job done today, yeah. right? Because, I mean, that is the technician's job to kind of think that way. And make sure that a good job's done, and you need a technician to do that. But the case, the the point is, somebody has to be in charge of the higher level thinking and the strategic thinking and the planning and the vision of the company. And if you are not doing that today, then who is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for someone who's thinking, "Wow, I'm about to hire uh, right now, and I need advice, Dirk. Please help me out." What What's the most important thing to look at? Is that you know uh, designating what their strengths are, figuring that out, identifying it, or is it um, you know doing a personality test to see how they interact with with others and and how they fit in the business? What's What's the most important thing for someone who's looking to hire now? So the first thing I would say is um, if you're looking to hire somebody right now and you're just looking for some advice that you're not looking to go into a system or learn anything at a deeper level, like the number one thing that I would I would say is, look, are you hiring this person out of pain or are you hiring this person because you're really excited that you're going to be in business with this person? And if you can be honest with yourself around around that one question, there's probably quite a few people that you would not hire. And you may not be hiring the person that's sitting you know, across from you today that you're interviewing. So that's that's at the base level. The first question is because if you can get from this place from not hiring out of uh, out of need or out of pain, then it, you you buy yourself some time to really start hiring the people that you're actually excited about. Mm-hmm. So um, and and part of that means that again it goes back to the foundations of the company. Who are you as a company? What kind of people do you want working at the company? What kind of people do you want to to be attracted to your company? You know, I mean, the, the, it's like a th- you, you get to set the culture for that. I mean, we we want to find people that, 
you know, are are hungry and driven and learning based and coachable and want to be part of a team. Like we're we're not into hiring lone wolves in in our world, right? We want to mm-hmm. hire people that want to be a team player, that want to support a team and be supported by a team. You know, um, and then those are just some of the you know some of the core foundation things, right? From there, it we do go into. Um, we do uh, hardwiring uh, and behavioral assessing. We do cognitive assessing. We do emotional intelligence assessing. So we start assessing different things and say, like, hey, what is the what does the science say? What does the science say about this person? What does the science say about this person and the work that they're going to be doing? And you know, some people, um, you know, they are really big into different types of assessing and they really believe in it. Other people are like, oh, it's all hocus pocus, but the truth is that um, that humans are way more predictable than you may think. Yeah. And the ego and the individual within us says that, no, I am individual. I cannot be figured out. I'm unique, you know. But the truth is, I mean, you know, if you've watched a, a, a documentary like The Social Dilemma, then, yeah. you know, there's proof. Like, you are exceptionally predictable. So the same oh, thing yeah. is actually true with the, the way that you think and the way that you behave. So when we assess those kind of things, we can really quickly tell – are you going to be successful in this job long term? Because the truth is anybody in a short term can succeed in a job because maybe they're willing, they need a paycheck, you know, they, they want to please, whatever the case may be. They get into a job and they're working really hard. And, um, you know, but the question is, can they do the job long term? Because this is where like sometimes you hire somebody and the person you hired is like completely different from the person that's like in, in front of you three weeks later after you hire them. And sometimes it's three months later or whatever the case may be. But when we can assess people and say, okay, I feel like this person fits our values and our culture. Now, do they fit what this position requires? Yeah. And we find that it, the, the science is actually extremely accurate. You know, if, if you take, uh, if you give me a hundred people for, to assess for one position, I can probably tell you the 10 people that are going to have the, the highest likelihood and probability of being successful in that role long term just based on our assessments. But yeah. what we got to find out is out of those 10 people, who are the ones that are a great fit value-wise, culture-wise, with what they want to achieve in their life, what's important to them, are they a fit for our team, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So there's other things that definitely goes into it. And then, you know, you can look at things like experience um, as well. But uh, I caution a lot of company owners to to really be careful of hiring people just for experience. Um, yeah, because our, our data shows a lot of people that that are really good at something. They got the experience. Sometimes they put too much emphasis on that, and they're not seeing as this person a fit for us in our company. Um, and then I would also caution towards education, meaning that just because somebody is educated at some level doesn't have any indication whether they're going to be learning based today. I yeah. am way more interested in how somebody is learning today than what college they went to like 10 years ago or five years ago or 20 years ago. Like, I really don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. But if I can, if I can hire somebody and they're learning based today, they're, they're still reading, they're listening to podcasts, they're educating themselves. And I mean, that doesn't mean that they have to be studying business. I mean, it, it could be a hobby. I mean, somebody could have a, a hobby of like, you know, flying like little RC airplanes or something like that, but they're always listening to podcasts and they're studying and they're learning and they're improving their skill around that hobby that's a really good indication that they're, they're probably going to be more successful in my world because if they already have that natural tendency to learn and get better and improve their skill and their free time, they're going to have a way better time, easier time to do it in their, in their work time. So it's, it's just really dialing in the kind of things that you need to look for with, with people. Yes. And I had heard about this uh, Pivot Ready Teams at a home inspection um, mastermind that Dirk held. I, I had listened to a speech about this and I, I have to say, what, what you're saying is exactly right here. I mean, I was blown away when I when I heard about, you know, one one example I'll give is the the, the distinct yeah the disc assessments, the personality mm-hmm. tests. I, I have a management degree, and when I learned about disc assessments in, in college, it was all very you know conceptual. Here's the concept, but in the speech I heard at Dirk's mastermind, it was all taking that to the next level. All right, let's apply it to the business. Let's see how this works. Let's play with it, and and I think that's the power in it. It's like this is industry knowledge that's tested out. That's like it, it fits. It works. Here, use this. 
And I just think that that's really powerful in itself. Well, it, you know, that's one of the fascinating things for us is because uh, we are busy, uh, you know, improving some proprietary software that's out there already that we've yeah. been working with, but we're, we're adding new things to it to be able to understand teams at a higher level. So not just the individual, but we're very, very fascinated with what, what happens when people come together at work. And, um, you know, we call it team dynamics. And if, if we can look at your company, whether you've got five people in your company or 50 or 250 people in your company, we can do this, that we can actually look at what is the collective team dynamics of the people in your company and we can start immediately understanding just from that one assessment, there's a lot of information that I can lay out for a company about what's happening in the company and what their challenges are just from that. The, the next thing that we've been de uh, in developing and, and it's in, in um, kind of in the initial stages of coming out of beta right now is uh, a team assessment that looks at the level of stress within the team and how the behavior adjusts. So now we can look at, okay, it's not just about these people being in your organization and kind of how they tend to show up. It's how are they showing up right now because of the level of stress in their lives. And that is really fascinating to me because I think that most people today are going to work in a stressed state and they're, they're, they're not in their natural self. So uh, we can look at the team dynamics report now in the, the overall stressed state of the team and then we can overlay the two reports and we can start looking at, okay, maybe where are some of the, the biggest frustrations and pitfalls happening within the team right now because of the team being in a stressed state? And what we do is when we start working with a, with a client, you know, when we start doing our, our deeper level work, our goal is to be able to take that, that what we call a human system, right? Essentially the team and see, can we get this team to the most healthy state, which is going to be the closest version to the natural state? So as that process plays out, the team becomes more engaged, they become more productive, they become more creative, they become more collaborative, they start producing at a much higher level, and the, the company overall starts winning at a, at, a, at a way higher level as we really start working towards matching those things up. So wow. that's something that's that's really fascinating for us, and like that's where we start to like nerd out on, you yeah. know, not just having some some science and data points, but actually understanding the data at a deeper level and understanding, you know, how can we influence, um, you know, the the leadership and collaboration within teams today to build businesses unlike ever before. Like that's what really gets us excited. And I love that because that just makes me think of like. Uh, an Olympic basketball team or an all-star, an all-star game where you can mm -hmm. throw a bunch of, a bunch of all-stars together. You can find a stud, but if there's no chemistry, that team mm -hmm. might fail because of stress and, and in imbalance in the chemistry. So that's just a, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we're really excited about it. I mean, like that, that kind of gets down to the, the core, the heart of the work that we do. Um, but we've we found that that work doesn't matter if you don't have a holistic view of all the moving pieces and understand how they work together. So Dirk actually has an event next month that I want to I want to mention if if anyone's listening to this podcast today and goes, wow, this is this is some great stuff. I need to hear more about this. Uh, you need to check out the pivot point. Dirk, can you tell us a little bit about that event? Yeah, so this is going to be a, a two day event in Denton, Texas, which is just right outside of uh, Dallas. And this really goes into uh, a deep dive of everything that we're talking about here. The, the you know, we, we call the event uh, the pivot point because we believe that when companies come, company owners come to that event, that it is truly a, a pivot point. It's a turning point in in the story of their company and the history of their company because of they just walk away with a completely different mindset, uh, level of energy, level of understanding. And, and we, we always recommend like bring your key people with you, right? If you're the owner, don't just come alone because you're going to go back that next Monday and you're going to kind of vomit all over your people, everything and be all excited. They're not going to know what you're talking about. So we always find it's, it's really helpful to for execution purposes if you bring at least one, if not two of your key people with you to the training because then you're, you're experiencing it together. You can actually start the design work at that that event and understand, okay, what are the things that we immediately need to change within our company? But the, the big thing is really going through is, is several of the things that we spoke about today 
and really the, the other foundational blocks to understand, okay, how can I stop thinking like a technician and really start thinking like a CEO and then get a proven system on how to really take my business to the next level. So, um, you know, we've, we've already got some amazing companies signed up for that. I think we've got uh, uh, about 10 or 15 spots uh, still open for the training next month. So if somebody hears this and they're interested, um, you can go to bergflow.com and um, we'll, we have it right there on the homepage, the click to the, the pivot point link. But uh, we're really excited about this and, and would invite you. I mean, if, if what we're talking about today sounds interesting to you and you want to learn more, come to that training or just contact us on our website. Um, we can have a conversation, just kind of see where you are in business, what's going on, what you want to do, and see if it makes sense for you to come to that training. So this event, just to, to sum it all up, super high level, go get the blueprint for how to grow your your uh, your team, your company at the pivot point. This is April 14th to 15th in uh, Denton at the Hilton Garden Inn. And one thing I want to mention is your confidence in this product. Obviously, I'm very confident in this product. That's why I have Dirk on today to talk about it and to promote this show because I think that going to the pivot point and getting this blueprint could be incredibly valuable for everyone in our audience. Actually, not just could be, it will be. But I want to talk about your confidence in it for a second. If you, they go to the website at www.pivotreadyteam.com, the direct link to this event, if you go there, it says right on it, with a full money back guarantee. That to me just shows your confidence in this. Yeah, I mean, we, we really think that, look, if somebody comes to that training and they really don't get any value and they don't see that it's something that can help them, then we'll give them their money back. Um, because yeah. for us, we've got enough track record now. And, and the other thing is like, you know, we, we wouldn't want to work with somebody that didn't believe that it could help them. Or, you know, we, we, we've just learned that, look, we, we work well with companies that want to grow, that are open, that are willing to think differently and, and work differently. And we've got the track record to really back that up. And we've just found that, look, you know, if somebody believes that it can't work for them, then they're right. Because it's 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 ultimately about what you buy into and what your belief system says about uh, what's possible, right? I think one thing that we do really well in that training is is open up the level of what people believe is possible. Like we, we open up a new world and new possibilities to them and then say like, look, here's the, here's the path to going after it. So um, yeah, if, if you come to the training and you just don't get any value from it, we'll give you your money back. Um, because I mean, we are that confident. In it. So I do want to go back to something you just said, which is mm -hmm. uh, showing people what is possible. Do you have any stories that you can, you can give our audience today about someone who, didn't know what was possible and then you were able to make them aware and then they were able to realize it and their mind was just blown. <laughs> yeah, I mean we got we got a lot of stories but uh yeah, one that one that kind of uh you know just always stands out to me and I love sharing the story now is uh we we have a client named uh, Ian in in our home inspection community. And um Ian's from California. He he you know, he was a a rocker kind of uh you know, I think it was a drummer or something like that in a band. I mean, like real, you know, like rocker, like you would think of like kind of late nineties kind of rocker. And, um, you know, Ian loved playing music and going to shows and all the kind of stuff, but, it, you know, he ended up getting married and they started having kids and stuff like that. And, and then he was like, man, I guess I got to do something to kind of support my family. So he became a home inspector. And, uh, when, when we met Ian, I think it was back in 2018, um, he had been in business for about three years at this point. It was just uh, him, and he was, I think, around like 130000 in in revenue. And, you know, Ian's like one of these guys that uh, initially, I think, he kind of wanted to fight us a little bit on everything. It's like, hey, that's not possible. But, man, he just stayed engaged, you know, and, and, and you know, we just kept encouraging him, and he, he was on every call, and he just, you know, he just did the thing, you know, whatever, whatever recommended he started doing. And, Man, he has just completely transformed his business, you know, in in the last uh, two and a half years. And he's got 16 people in his company. Um, they finished at about 900,000 last year, and um, or they they had 12 people in their company at the end of last year, uh, 900,000. And you know, this year I think you know their goal was to do about 1.7 million and and get their team to about uh, 25 people. And wow. they've already hired I think four or five people just the start of this year. Um, but the coolest thing is that, you know, during that time, 
I remember Ian made a post one time that, you know, he was able to take his, his little kids and his wife and they went to uh, Yellowstone National Park for like seven or eight days. And I remember when he was on that vacation, he said, this is the first time ever, you know, and his kids at this, at this point were like, you know, six, seven years old. But this is the first time ever that he was able to take his family on a on an over a week long vacation and not race back to work and not not skimp on every single thing on the on the vacation like actually take them on a on a good holiday you know and that's what's most uh, exciting for us is when it's not just about your business growing or you making more money but it's about you being able to do things with your family that you've never been able to do before it's about you know, uh, being a better parent, being a better spouse, being a better friend. And, you know, that's what we're interested in is that as we're doing this, like those are the things that are important to us. Uh, we actually don't work with clients. Like we've had companies that approach us and said like, hey, we want to hire you, want to implement your system. And when we talk to them, we find out they don't care about their people. They just want to race to an exit or something like this. And we just say, look, we're not going to work with you because we believe that doing this kind of work with, with people that want to, serve other people is what's important to us like that's part of our mission in our company is is really empowering the the, the companies that are going to change the world and that doesn't mean like in some massive significant way i mean it, it could be and i mean we're working with the client right now we just took on a new client that i mean they are going to impact the world through the, the work that they're doing with solar development i mean it's really exciting but um you know for us changing the world is is somebody that that ends up building a team of five or ten or twenty people and those those families are happier and healthier because of it. Um, those people are going into their communities and being better leaders, and they're going into, you know, their their church or their place of faith or whatever it is, and and and, and you know, being a leader there. Um, so for us, it's it's really holistic in the way that we look at it, um, and and that's what's important to us. So, yeah, I feel like I'm just like now talking about like what, you know, why we're doing this, but yeah, come no, come to the pivot point and come check it out. See if it's it's something that uh, aligns with you and your business. We're not a we're not a like a hard selling like hard pressure type company. I mean, Jake, you know that you've been around us. Yeah. Um, we're like, look, if it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, that's cool too. Like we we're we're not for everyone, and we have we have always said that. Like I mean, we are for growth minded, you know, entrepreneurial people that want to build something really great, you know, and. So if that if that's you, if that resonates with you, or maybe you think that might be you, you're not sure if it is you. Come to the training, and I mean, within within two days, you're gonna you're gonna really find out if like that's you or not. Absolutely, and uh, I think yeah, I think I love that you did talk a little bit about your mission and why the why because I think mm -hmm. you know that speaks for itself. That shows you where this is all coming from. Love that. Yeah. Well, Jake, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, and uh, yeah. Absolutely. So enjoy yes, being, enjoy seeing you again, man. I always enjoy uh, having a chat with you. Absolutely. It's always a great conversation. Uh, always. So I want to leave our, our audience with one more thing from you. If someone's mm -hmm. listening to this and, go, and goes, wow, you just opened up my mind to the possibilities, or I can't wait to look into that more. What do you think the best way for them to start their, their journey to personal growth? If someone's like, oh, he's talking about podcasts and books. Any resources you'd recommend that they go to? Any books or podcasts that you say, "Hey, go listen to this right now. Get your get your mind mind frame all, all squared away." Yeah, I mean, I think like one of the, one of the best books, and I mean, this is probably one of the books that really kicked it off for me. Um, it's just the book "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill, mm -hmm. and I mean, it it is like the mother of all books, right? Because I mean, it it was published oh, yeah. in the in the late nineteen twenties, and it's it's been probably the number one selling. Uh, business book of of all time. Um, I've read that book seven times, and it's it's been significant every time I've read it because it, it's so true. If you if you can really win the battle in your mind, and you can believe that it's possible, you'll find a way. But no matter, you could have all the money and the resources and everything right in front of you in the world, but if your head if your head's not in it, if you don't believe it, it's it's no good. So I would start there. Another one that's a, a lot like kind of less of a like smaller easier book is is one called the the alchemist and uh i've i've read that book about three times now i really love that book it's a quick easy read it's a story it's a fable so it's really good um but that one always just kind of tends to give me inspiration and clarity for like what's most important um another book that i really love is one called uh, tribe of millionaires and uh it's by the founders of uh, a, a group called go abundance 
and um, I've been involved with that group for about six years now, and um, I'm actually one of the prior CEOs of that group. But um, it talks about the importance of the the people that you spend time with, and and really who who is your tribe? Who who are the people that that you do life with, and and why it's so important to understand how big of an influence that has on your level of success and happiness and just achievement in life. Um, so, I mean, those are just a couple of, of small ones, but I mean, the, the thing that's going to be really important too is to, if you feel like you really want to take your life to the next level, just decide and start doing it. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. Don't look for the perfect plan. Just every single moment, just ask yourself like, hey, am I being productive right now? Am I doing something that's moving my life forward or am I doing something that's wasting time? Right. And if you're kind of scrolling through TikTok or Instagram or something like that and you're spending four or five hours a day doing that, you know, as long as you can acknowledge yourself like I'm completely wasting away my life right now, you know, and, and I'm not talking about if you're doing like really good like content creation or marketing, but I'm talking like like just aimlessly scrolling stuff, right? Um, just acknowledge to yourself that you're wasting your your life away. And if you're okay with that, then that's cool. But if you're not okay with that, then stop doing it and do something that's actual productive, right? It's not for me to judge what's right or wrong for you, but it's just for you to be authentic about what what you're doing in your life. Yeah, and if someone's listening to this podcast, you're on the right track already. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, you are. Keep keep listening to uh, Jake, man. They, uh, they're, they're amazing people. Um, you know, I think... Uh, I think the world of what you guys are doing, um, same thing with, with uh, you know, Pair 2, like uh, just just incredible human beings, um, really, really fond of uh, Dave and Alyssa and, and you, Jake, um, and I really appreciate what you guys are doing, like in this industry too, just, just aggregating great knowledge for people to learn how to take their lives and their businesses to the next level, so appreciate what you guys are doing with this as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that because it's mutual, absolutely. Um, thank you for leaving us with all those fantastic resources. Go check those out. Go check out Pivot Point. Um, and if, if you need to ask Dirk any questions, reach out to him. Um, thank you so much, Dirk, for joining us today. As always, our conversation is great and I'm sure incredibly valuable for this audience. So I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. Feel the same. Take care. All right. So thank you also to the audience for tuning in. Thank you for engaging on social media. We are loving all the engagement on Instagram. And as always, reach out to me, DM me if there's anyone you want to have on the show or if there are any topics you want covered in the show. Um, following Dirk, we have another great lineup of guests coming to you, uh, experts in the industry that are going to give you their insight, advice, and knowledge. So thank you, Dirk. Thank you to the audience. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit the bell so you won't miss our next episode. This episode was produced by Jake Aronson. This has been a Pair Payments production. 